0: I'm Chris, and I'm Matt. Welcome to Roleplay Chat.
1: We are two game masters who can't stop talking about role-playing games.
0: Today we talk about failure and why your reactions to it are crucial.
1: And as always, we're gonna focus in on the roleplay. Why, Chris? Well, so we can get better at it together, my man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Cool, but first, how are you? Merry Christmas! Yeah, happy new
1: year! Yeah, Christmas is. We just had our Christmas. It was great. Got some cool presents. Got a new microphone, so hopefully for those of you listening, I sound crystal clear. Um, Role playing wise, what 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 kind of stuff did I get? I got I got a rule book for a game called Seventh uh, Sea, which is like a sailing piratey nice. type of game. So I'm really looking forward to digging into that because there's a section just on boats and I'm going to read that whole thing and I'm going to try to steal as much of it as I can and and modify it and morph it so that I can make your boat in our game whenever we get back to it much more special, give it kind of like special attributes and skills and that kind of thing. And then same thing for the enemy's boats so that, you know, there's differences and that kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, it was all already there to begin with; those kinds of differences. But it wasn't uh, there wasn't a system built for it. You know, it was kind of just in the narrative. But now I'm going to find a way to you know have a rigid system that's already built, and and find a way to translate it, I suppose, mm-hmm. into into the game. It's going to be fun.
0: That's cool. That's cool. That's uh, that's especially cool for this maritime uh, pirate campaign. That's good resources. Uh, In terms of resources, I actually bought uh, also, uh, I bought something for one of our friend, the one that's running the game we're playing the most right now. It was called, I forget what it was called, but it's basically a book of random tables. It's just random tables. Uh, And it's random tables of like a hundred books. You might find um, plants and, the weather and the, like all really a lot of cool things and I and I gave that to Alex our game master uh for one of the, well, our dungeon master cuz this is a, it's a D&D game uh and he seemed to love it and then we played the game you you weren't you weren't able to be there cuz you had like christmas family stuff but it's funny cuz maybe something to say about random tables is sometimes when you want to use them too much then you spend a lot of time but it was fun it was all fun and game and it was like uh, yeah it was
1: cool Did they feel out of place like did the results of the table kind of no
0: no actually it went well like he made an effort to make it work with the lore of the world we're playing at that moment so no no it was it was great it's just like stuff like oh you wake up the moon is and then you roll for it but like he just wanted to roll on the tables. He was like, uh-huh. I'm rolling on a table. <laughs> and he just did that for a little bit. And yeah, I know it creates opportunity to, uh, to, to come up with stuff that might inspire other people to kind of build on it. So uh, I'm not a, like, like we've talked previously in this podcast. I'm not a fan, and I know you're not of random encounters. But I think random tables have their place to generate ideas when maybe there's a vacuum. Um,
1: yeah, so. especially if it's on, like, in an instance where you're really taken off guard, right, like, oh, you you didn't really know what kind of contents was in the end table, the side table, beside the bed that the players decided to go digging through. Uh, you could come up with something off the top of your hat, but sometimes a random table is maybe a little bit more imaginative than you can be in the moment. Um, yeah, I'm trying to yeah, find the name. Sure.
0: Sorry if you hear click, clack, 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 clack. <laughs> trying to find the names it's table it, fables table fables
1: was it just like a like a pdf file or you No, bought no like I a actually
0: bought like a, it's a small book it's more like of a it's a big booklet okay okay cool <laughs> uh yeah and there's a second one I probably I might even buy the one I gave to Alex uh buy it again uh, because I'm working on an idea that we'll probably talk more in the future but I think random table will have their place there
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm this is your improvised game that, you're, yeah, yeah that you're yeah. working on yeah cool 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 well i mean otherwise any did you get any cool role-playing game b- gifts for christmas
0: uh not really no <laughs> no not really did, did i get it oh my god i already forgot what i got from christmas <laughs> like,
1: uh, it's only two go... days ago
0: i know i know I got, i'm going through my list Of things that I got, I mean, I don't get a lot of gifts. I get like my wife, which I didn't get yet because it hasn't arrived, so maybe I got something amazing. I just don't know yet. Okay, okay. um, my dad, which is he's not gonna buy anything for that, no. And
1: uh, your brother, though, come on, does he get we don't give give each other
0: gifts? Uh, so no, no, so that's why normally, normally during the normally we have a party like all the friends, uh, yeah, and we. This year we didn't do it, but often we do like a gift exchange, like a, one like Secret Santa or whatever format it has that year. And often I end up with something that is related to role playing games uh, or a good book or something, but no, nothing like that mm. this year.
1: Oh, speaking of this, I'm going to go on a tangent, guys. I apologize. And then, and then we'll go right back to the episode. I got a really cool board game. Or it's actually a card game, uh, it's a cooperative card game. Kind of like euchre, but you're cooperating to make sure. Have you played euchre, Chris? No?
0: Okay. Uh, sorry, okay. I was saying no with my head. I'm like, this is a podcast. I'm sorry. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, it's called The Crew. It's a cooperative board game, three to six players, I think. Three to five, no, it's three to five players. And it's, uh, it's pretty is inexpensive. Is that another,
0: another boat thing? No, you're no, it's a, space, like a...
1: it's a space thing. okay, actually. okay.
0: okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but it's cool. It's fun. It's, uh, co-op trick like you got to win tricks so for those of you listening who know how to play euchre it's like this where you try to win tricks but you gotta you gotta make certain people win a certain number of tricks it's a lot of fun uh it's tangentially related to to role-playing games because (laughs) i imagine that some of you listening also like playing board games and that kind of thing but anyway sorry let's get back into failure let's talk about (laughs) failure chris (laughs)
0: <laughs> talk about I, there was a segue there, possible segue over there. We missed it completely. But let's let's just jump into it. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, head you first.
1: Brought, yeah, you I failed my segue. So about we could talk <laughs> oh, about
0: failure. Here we go. Here we go. There, there <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, no. We you brought the idea of talking about failure, and it kind of sp- sp- I think you you came with a, a view of it, and then it sparked an idea of, Things I've considered right lately and we talked for like five minutes and we're like, yeah, let's do it. So right now we're talking about failure. Um, what came, like, what what was the idea behind it, Matt? Like, you just brought the idea, so what brought it?
1: Like- yeah, I mean, what kind of generated it for me was I really wanted to have an episode for for players. So for for those of you out there who are players, who are not game masters, I wanted to think of something that maybe could be a little bit more, you know, in your field of view. Obviously, you know, as Chris and I got to talking and thinking about this, we expanded it to be to be relevant for game masters, for dungeon masters, and for players. But I I think, you know, it it started off in my heart of hearts. I wanted to touch talk to the players face to face about something. Um and and something that I have seared vividly in my mind is when I am a player, if I'm having a bad night and have a lot of failures happen. Or the game doesn't kind of go the way i want it to maybe it's immature of me it definitely is immature of me (laughs) but i i kind of like i can feel myself losing interest in the game which is bad it's not a good habit to have so i figured why not you know if i'm if i have lived this i'm sure other players have lived it and uh let's let's figure out a way to kind of fail forward enjoy the failures kind of get into the right mindset so that we react to it the way we should, and not the way, you know, maybe after a couple of beers and a bad week at work, our brain <laughs> wants to react.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So yeah, that was definitely uh, like the basis from what I understood of of you coming to it, and then yeah, for me, I was, I don't know, my brain went more on the game master side and almost like the role of failure in a in a story and how it can be part of a story structure and so i think we'll touch on all of this Uh, but first let's go with your thing Uh, i don't want to go too deep in the game master thing let's talk to Mm -hmm. the player like you said and i guess i'll start by asking what what do you want to tell yourself you know you said (laughs) like it comes from your own experience and i and i I, I disconnect sometimes as a player, but for me it's something else than failure. I don't think failure makes me disconnect that much. For me it's more like uh uh something that's not self-consistent or something that I don't that I don't feel is if if a game master does a call that I don't feel is <sighs> representing the world correctly or whatever this is usually when i'm like disconnecting or when okay. i feel like i don't have an, an agent agency but that's not what we're talking about like agency is something completely different that could be related to failure a little bit but here we're talking about just straight up failure so maybe maybe you could define a little bit more what you mean by what is failing in that
1: definition. yeah yeah um and, and i mean i suppose we can make this definition the one like we normally do right chris let's just like spitball what our thoughts are, uh, define our topic of conversation, and then we can kind of dive deeper. But for me, failure is a setback. It's something that maybe is not the outcome, the desirable outcome that you were expecting or you were hoping for. So if, and you know, it, it can be small scale, it can be large scale. For instance, an attack roll that you miss could be considered a failure. And your reaction to that failure as a player, as a person, not as a character, has an impact on the game, and that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it. But so I'm sorry, I'm I'm rambling. Failure, it's a setback. It's it's not the outcome, the desirable outcome that you had hoped. And I guess I'll I'll throw it to you, Chris. Do you have anything to add to that definition or, or ways to flesh it well, out? I'm,
0: more? Yeah, you you touched on a lot of things here. I think, like you said, there's a scale of failure, which is from one end is almost like I don't want to say TPK because I feel like if you TPK, you did something wrong. But, like, um lost of, like, main character, heroes, players,
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: PC, basically. That, that would be a big failure. It could even be lost of, like, basically you have a main objective, fighting the evil guy at the end, and you lose. That's a possibility. Yeah. Or there's, like you said, the, 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 like, almost, like, constant, like, I'm rolling. And often, like, you talk about missing an attack, and that's a good one. Often it would come after consecutive miss or it would be something that you attach a lot of importance to. So let's say you have a big cool moment. You need to, I don't know, jump above a, ch- a chasm to be able mm-hmm. to slash the rope and to whatever, save the princess. I don't know. And and you put a lot behind one roll and you still fail. This is where I see people deflate and kind yeah. of like all feel beaten. And in Fate, it happens because in Fate, you have this, like, it's a bit like inspiration in D&D where you can use your, um, basically your aspects, uh, what defines you as a character to re-roll. And I've seen, I don't know why, but like our friend Vince is the one who I feel like happens more often where he will do a roll, he'll use an aspect, do a re-roll, and then he'll find a second aspect, do another re-roll, and he'll roll three times. Like yeah,
1: before he gets a good roll. <laughs> yeah,
0: nothing good. And then he has a whole evening and and yeah, it's just failure after failure of something you really want to happen. And I think this this is what we're talking about. So this is the whole spectrum. But now we're talking about like, okay, now this happens. You're a player, you've just either missed consec multiple times or something big important happened. What is The reaction you should have or shouldn't have, like what should go through your mind, basically, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I think, like you're saying, Chris, it happens often when a player puts a lot of value in a certain outcome, and I think that it becomes frustrating when they can't see anything else other than I get this result and we move forward that, that like, or at least in my, in my lived experience, the things that frustrate me the most are when I get really invested in a certain result. But then I don't like, I almost put blinders on and all I'm thinking of are the the thing i want the thing i want the thing i want and i forget to think about the bigger picture you know so i i guess the first thing that we should think of as players is when you roll the dice expect it to fail or or at the very least be open to like a binary it, it should be more than binary but at least a binary outcome where it's like you win or you succeed or you don't and either of those things have to move the game forward. And I think that this is where it becomes not only the player's responsibility, but the player and the game master's responsibility for that failure to be as interesting and as exciting as, as, what, the, as what the success would have been, right? If, if we used your example of, of the big jump up in the air to cut the rope to save the princess, well, if you roll and you fail, and all it is is oh you just fall. Done. It's there, there's an imbalance there. There needs to be there needs to be an equally exciting failure. I think in this instance.
0: Yeah. No. Exactly. We I think we talk up like you're you're talking almost about potential, like potential. I will say story or narrative, something that. Either failing or succeeding needs to have the potential of making a a good story, or at least, I guess, a story. Um, it's, It's definitely something that's hard sometimes to see, like you said, if you're not paying attention to it. So I guess that's what we're first saying is pay attention to the potential benefits that comes from failing. Uh, often you think of like, oh, I'm going to do this first, like first success. And then that's going to allow me to do the second step of the success and the third step. And you see this big picture of the hero. But the thing is a hero's journey is not linear. It's setbacks, it's coming back and then fighting adversity. So, so you should see this failure either missing multiple times lost of lives of an NPC or a PC friend or whatever—all of that will it is going to be what's going to make the, the the end game more. Uh, it's going to make it rich to to look back after. So all these these mishaps are actually part of the journey, and it's okay for the character to be frustrated, be sad, throw a fit, but it's not okay for the player. Mm-hmm. To be sad. Well, I mean, I don't want to tell you how to feel, but like I feel like <laughs> if if the, if you're using the game for what it is, which is uh, there's a lot of improv. If if you expect a certain outcome and you're frustrated with not having that outcome, well, then this is not. At least it's not the way I play it, because the beauty of this is all the improv and the unknown.
1: Yeah, yeah, and and I I think it's. It's interesting, too, because being a game master, I think, Chris, kind of gives us as players, when we're players, this practice at failing, if I can say. <laughs> um, and I, I don't mean to say that game masters fail all the time, but when, when you're a game master, you know, you design your encounters to be interesting, but not too hard. Or not, like, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes the challenges that the game masters put forward for the players don't win quote unquote you know the 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 puzzle doesn't stump them forever because that's not fun so the players need to to need to overcome that so we're used to being you know having our npcs or our, our villains or our things like this be faced with these challenges and for us to enjoy them so i think when we go to be when we put our player hat on we can perhaps have that that muscle flexed a little bit that we're used to those kinds of failures or that we're used to not necessarily uh, get, getting the the results that we want or the results that our characters would want, um, and you know finding a way to to skin that onto our player character instead. So I don't know if you know for those of you listening if if you've been hesitant to be a game master because of who knows what you know maybe you don't have players to play with maybe you don't you don't uh, feel confident in running a game or things like this but I, I think that there is a benefit in diving in getting in a few games under your belt just to kind of take that experience with you when you're a player because like i said it's, it's good practice at failure it's, it's a good practice for you to kind of push push yourself outside of the character or sorry outside of your personal feelings on the failure and Allow the character to shine, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, I think it it allows, I'll say most people to get out of this adversarial mindset mm-hmm. because you realize that the goal is not to beat up the players. And I I I I see it a lot. And you could you could put that again. We're a fan of spectrums on this podcast, but like on <laughs> on us, I've had players who were basically asking me for them to fail. Like they would like make a role and be like, I should be at disadvantage," or, or on oh, my character um, should be afraid of this. And and they would like add rules or add hindrance to their role, or even just to what's happening or lower their success because like, it doesn't make sense for my character. Like I have 1% on, the, on that end. And at the other end I have the person who after uh, failing, uh, like you said, not only momentarily disconnect, but totally disconnects and can even be frustrated at the game master for it.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, and, and those turns of the spectrum are, are interesting because I think they bring an interesting perspective that we're trying to talk about here today, mm-hmm. right? If, if you find yourself getting easily frustrated when the dice just don't seem to be rolling your favor tonight, Try to remember that the game is more than just the dice, and that when you disconnect, it's it, it's bad on a number of levels. Um, it's bad for you as the player because you're not having fun anymore. You're not you're, your character isn't going to be able to benefit from overcoming that challenge yeah, if you yeah, disconnect. Yeah. Um, but it's also bad for everybody else at the table because if if you've stopped role playing and if you've if you've disconnected it makes it impossible for the other players to 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 role play with your character to to get moments to to make fun using the your special flavor of the game
0: um yeah, to engage with your character and their reaction to this failure i think that's the thing that's the main thing i i guess we're saying is well what i'm saying is failing is uninteresting by itself but as a game master one of the main like i love it when i see players reacting in in an interesting way Mm -hmm. to their failure and that's why i'm saying like one person on the end of the spectrum who likes to fail because they realized and that can be done like that can be overdone basically like done too much but like they realize that failure is a great opportunity to react and to um, really dig deep in what your characters are made of, because this is where, this is when you really see their characters. And, and if if you look at storytelling and authors and like, I was watching a Christopher Nolan uh, thing about the uh, Batman Begins the other day, actually, and he was saying like, that's the thing he does: he takes someone with values and put them under. A lot of pressure failure uh and moral dilemmas and see what they're made of and that's that's if they always succeed then that's not really interesting to Mm -hmm. anybody Mm -hmm. at the table especially you the player of that character
1: yeah and like you're saying chris it allows you to dig deep into who your character is because they're faced with adversity it also allows for everybody else at the table to engage with that character in an interesting way right it it basically generates a dozen role play moments a dozen opportunities that f- for, for you to like as a character like as a player through your character to vent that frustration to to evolve your character move them forward despite the setback and vice versa you know if if another player at your table is failing and you, as a, as a as a player, you're noticing them fail, maybe step in. L- look for an opportunity to roleplay with them. Uh, let them have some fun in that sense of the game, and talk about the failure. I, I know in one instance, uh, several games ago now, but when we were at the top of the mountain, we were fighting this big dragon ogre, and one of the characters, uh, Ludolf, who's normally our big bruiser, he's like our cleric equivalent, for those who are listening, he got terrified and he ran away he ran away from the fight you would consider like you know i would consider that quote unquote under this definition a failure for that character Mm -hmm. but he really leaned into that and you know even several games after he's brought his character to go on this he used that as a pivotal moment to bring his character on like a pilgrimage almost to to commune with his god because he realized that he needed to count on others and not just on himself And that failure basically became, admittedly, one of the most important aspects of his character right now. Um, So for those of you listening, you know, he's getting a lot of fun out of that failure. And I would challenge you to do the same thing. Maybe, you know, a couple of missed attack rolls is not equivalent to that. But you can find a way to lean into those failures if you want. and And, kind of go from there and and I think now we're kind of bleeding into this into this idea that failure can be this more large story component. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know, Chris, if you want to start segue into
0: that, or you yeah, have more sure. to say i mean about. I mean yeah, sorry i I think we're we're going back and forth, but yeah, the still still the same subject, but maybe something I just want to mention uh, as far as players, maybe before we we go to more like a story perspective is. Mm -hmm. i just want to share the fact that when i'm a game master nothing kills more my inspiration my energy my whatever to to seeing a player react badly to failure uh because when they disconnect when they go on their phone when they talk to some they just talk about something else or they just go in the kitchen for some reason. It doesn't happen often. I'm I'm maybe exaggerating Mm -hmm. a little bit, but like when I see someone disengage, it, it makes me feel like I failed at making that person, having a, uh, allowing that person to have a good time, which I think is, is problematic because it generates these, this feeling that I want that person to succeed now. Like, I want, Mm. as a game master, to give the players what they want. But if players are not uh, noticing or not understanding that failure is part of propelling their character forward, the story and whatever, then I'm stuck that for them to have fun, I need them to succeed. And then I I feel like we're not playing the game correctly. So I, I wonder, do you feel like that sometimes when you're a game master?
1: Yeah, I mean I don't want to say that it's the thing that that frustrates me as a game master the most, but maybe they're connected. I mean, cuz cuz for me what what does frustrate me is when the players really really like disconnect from the game, start texting each other or joking around mm-hmm. and not respecting the tone of the game. Um I guess what you're saying Chris is if that occurs because of a failure that occurred in the game that was outside of outside of anybody's control that that that's what frustrates you is is that kind of what you're saying
0: well yeah but i think there's this attitude when it comes with failure that the person is almost like uh how do you call that Uh, like like being grumpy and Grouchy grouchy about it and like sour about it and that's when i'm it's even worse i guess than being disconnected so that's why it hits me more more it's like this i'm not only not engaged i'm like actively against what just happened Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. i didn't i didn't have it my way it doesn't happen often but like when it happens it's 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 bad, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Like, the main thing is usually just being disconnected from the game. Again, it's yeah. not that it happens often. I think I'm I'm a teacher, and that's the same thing when I teach to, like, 40 students. If I have one or two that are bored, and the other ones are super engaged and aren't understanding anything, everything correctly and like the class, well, I'm still going to concentrate on the one in front who's not having a good time, you know? So yeah, it, yeah, it's only 1% at the table.
1: For sure. And so, I mean, basically what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, is it affects you as a game master, yeah. which mm-hmm. in turn is going to affect everybody else at the table. So really, it's this vicious circle, right? As as soon as a player is unable to accept the failure and it has a negative effect on their play, it's it's just going to perpetuate to a certain degree. So, so yeah, it's, it's definitely a toxic thing to, to have in your game. And as a player, it's your responsibility to try and avoid that. You know, it's, it's... Your emotions are your emotions. And if you said at the beginning of the episode, you know, if you had a long week at work and you're really frustrated, sometimes it's going to come out. But I think if there's if there's something to learn from the conversation we're having tonight is is that really it has a big effect on the game and to be aware of its effect on the game. And how you as a player should try to channel that energy, that frustration through your character instead, or You're or not. perhaps through the character's actions or through a role-playing scene instead of disconnecting, because that disconnection is is bad. Um and maybe we can we could talk more about why it's bad later. I, I know we are we're, we're kind of bleeding all of our things <laughs> together. That's that's okay, Chris. Um and actually, something you said reminded me of of something else that I wanted to talk about that's kind of related to this. But, you know, as, as a player, one of your responsibilities, I think, is to be immersed in the That is That is something that you're, you're really actively focusing on throughout the whole game. And th- there's different levels of that. You know, you can be role-playing in first person. You could be doing descriptions in the third person. You could be planning in character. All those things you could be taking a lot of notes to remember everything and another way for you to try to continuously be immersed is not to allow failures of this nature whether they be big small massive narrative beats that take you by surprise all of these things um, all of these things will affect your immersion if you let them so try not to have the the effect be negative is as I guess what I'm trying to say,
0: um, yeah, and I think that's probably the thesis of of this thing is the the failure should affect your character, but not the play like it, exactly what what you said is don't let it bleed to real life mm-hmm. keep it in the game, but keep engaged in the game keep stay immersed in the game, use like take that feeling, channel it back into your 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 role play uh so that your frustration is felt and you can even express it correctly, but target it to what it, like don't, don't shoot the messenger, right? Mm-hmm. It's not the game master. It's not the player. It's not even the dice. It's, it's the story. It's take it back into the story and have like, don't throw your dice. Oh, <laughs> I, I remember you doing something with your, uh, on Twitter, where you ask, like, "What do you do with bad dice that keep rolling bad?" <laughs> I don't know why, and people are like, "I melt it in the oven," and I'm like, <laughs> "Exactly! Like, take that failure and throw it in role play instead of like
1: melting dice. I mean, you can dice. melt dice if you want to, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm
0: not, I, I, who am I to tell you what to do? But I'm, I guess, I'm just saying my point of view here.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, cool. All right, so maybe let's let's change gears uh just cuz we're at the half hour mark let's change gears and start talking about failure you know as it relates to stories story design more specifically right you talk a little bit chris about um
0: the hero's journey the
1: hero's journey yeah maybe maybe we can we can talk a little bit more about that and, and see where it takes us does that sound good to you
0: yeah 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 so i mean something when i was doing my first long-term campaign like years campaign with you guys uh watching different movies and doing some research on story structure and narrative structure and stuff like that one big thing that comes comes up all the time is this um this supreme ordeal this like failure this big setback in the story could be the hero like think of and here there might be some spoilers for uh, Avengers, like Harry Potter, Lord of the Ring, like main stuff that's been released for a long time. So if you're up to date, don't worry. But um, like the Thanos snap is the, a great example of a story setback that you feel like if you would end a the story there or if you, would, if you would be the players and once you, you, you weren't quick enough on the one die roll and then there's a snap, And then the whole mission failed, the whole campaign failed. Half of your team is dead. Like, how is that fun? Well, it's fun if there's a plan after, Mm -hmm. it's fun if that might bring another level of quest. And I mean, it's easier to do in plan media where you're an author and there's not that much improv into it, but I think the idea of a setback and I, by that, I mean really like a real setback, like player death. Um, just your, your goal is you thought you were close to achieving it and everything goes bad. You're in prison, you're captured, whatever it is. You could be like, well, we failed. But anytime something like that happens, it's just a great opportunity to take that moment and build on it for a greater, a richer, more interesting end to the campaign or to the objective you're trying to do
1: yeah yeah and and i and i mean i like how you talked about how you know in avengers it's 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 written media right it's scripted media somebody authored it so Mm -hmm. in in a role-playing game there's almost like an infinite amount of opportunities for these big failures to happen these these uh what did you call it a ordeal? Great ordeal or whatever as mm-hmm. as part of the narrative beat of the of the campaign. So, as a game master, most game masters, I would imagine, are looking for those moments and and trying to lean into them when they appear to be natural, you know, within the context of the game. And I think as a player, if you're at least at the very least, you're aware that, most narrative structure has one of these moments, hopefully that's enough for you to realize like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be so frustrated because it's part of the story beat. You know, at, at the very least you can take that away from this. But I, I think the reason why these setbacks are so powerful in a, in a narrative context is because, like you said, Chris, they generate opportunity to overcome them. They generate opportunity to uh, consider new information as a character if you if you face the the villain and the villain does something that you didn't expect them to do and it sets you back now you have more information on that now you know okay they have this this fortress that we have to invade that we you know we didn't realize we had to invade before now we can we can circle back and and come back at it stronger than before it's gonna it could be also considered a benefit. I mean, maybe you lost a player character or maybe you lost an NPC, but it's 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 food for role play for one. It's food for the story for three. And for third, you know, if you're looking at it very just meta gameplay sense, at least you're gaining information that you can build on. So uh, you know there's there's some of those some of those components there for sure.
0: Yeah, and and I think right now we're talking about Well, I I think it's great what you said in terms of, like, players, if you know that it it exists, don't be frustrated when it happens. And I think there's two ways to tackle it. The first way is non-controversial, which is the dice happen, certain things happen, and there's a failure, or you did something reckless and you didn't know there was guards. And afterward, you're like, well, it makes sense. But I'm assuming here that the Game Master is not just throwing something out of the left field or something like that. But even if the Game Master is, which is going to be my next point, um, then it it might still be okay. I'm thinking of Harry Potter, the fourth one, when there's the scene at the end with the Voldemort coming back. Harry Potter is there, and he's basically just getting exposition, right? Mm-hmm. It's just exposition, exposition. Uh, Diggory died, so you have the loss there. Voldemort is back. And then that setback triggers all the rest. Creates a big shift also. Often that's when it happens. Big shift in tone. Maybe you, you were, and I'm not saying Harry Potter was like that, but like, maybe you all fun and game. Maybe you're you're playing something very light, almost comedic, and you're fine with it. But maybe your group is like, you know what? Maybe we could take it next level, take it seriously. I argue that one of the best ways to do it is this. To have a big villain or a, something they're trying to achieve completely fail for a good reason, obviously. And then that, everybody being like, well, we lost one of our, we, we thought we were invincible and we were amazing and we lost one of our friends. And now it shifts everything. Everything is different now
1: yeah it's a good way to make a tonal shift and i i like what you were saying about how it could maybe happen through unlucky rolls of the dice but it could also maybe happen just because the game master makes it happen um and and that's like you're saying is potentially controversial especially if you're at a table where there's a little less trust between players and game masters even at a table where there is trust I know I mean you did it to us once and it, mm-hmm. it was kind of the 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 making of one of our own players too one of our own players the one who likes to put a bunch <laughs> of obstacles in his own way put a massive obstacle in front of us and you as a game master were faced with basically making his wishes come true at the detriment of everybody else and you know, in the moment, everybody was furious. <laughs> I think. yeah yeah,
0: yeah it was, and that was the moment I was thinking a lot about those things in the story structure. and I felt like I needed that big setback moment. And also it felt it it fitted fit well with the rest of the story that i I, I saw going with everything mm-hmm. that I knew because the thing is, we keep saying, like maybe trust your game master. Well, the thing is the game master knows more about what's happening behind the curtains. So uh, I, I want to say trust your game master. But obviously, there's some game master that probably shouldn't be trust because they're not doing it properly. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not even saying my properly. I'm saying just there are game master who are dicks. Let's, mm-hmm. let's just say it. I'm not considering those. I'm assuming people that are putting the effort in are, have, have a purpose of why they would do such a, a move, such a setback. I wanted to do one thing like that, but I didn't feel comfortable removing the agency from the players because that's the problem when, as the game master, you set up failure is doing it in a way that doesn't remove agency over the players. And that's where I think I, even knowing it and even being careful with it, I probably fail as I was trying to do it. Because when the player came to me and was like, I'm gonna take that artifact and run away with it, I took it almost like, like, oh, here's my permission. I'll take advantage of his plan to make mm-hmm. it work with my plan. And I even said it at the, at the end, I remember you guys looking at me and be like, really, is that happening? And I'm like, well, that's what that player said he would do, so I'm running with it. And yeah, a lot of frustration, a lot of frustration. And even to this day, I'm not sure people agree with my call. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, I think my players trust me at this point, but they're not sure. I mean, I'm going to ask you, where where (laughs) are you at on this right now? I don't even know.
1: I mean, I, we're, we're going into territory that maybe failure, um, because having player character betrayal. Oh, yeah, that's true is, is 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 another layer to all of it. um yeah, but what I will say is I agree with you in that uh, despite the initial frustration that was felt, having that setback added you know importance to the uh, to the artifact that he stole. It added importance to the to the narrative and created a, an interesting setback. um and, and I think that's kind of the point that we're, you know, you're trying yeah, to make here, Chris, no, right? Yeah. Is that if, if, as a game master, you see an opportunity to create one of these interesting setbacks, you, you can or cannot wait for the dice to tell you to do it. Yeah. It, especially if you, know, you have the right puzzle pieces in place, you have the right motivations for NPCs and villains and other characters in your game factions have the right motivations to kind of create uh an instance or an opportunity for this you know borderline catastrophic failure to occur then it creates it it can propel the story forward and propel the characters forward um i'm, I'm actually thinking of a moment where i did something like this uh in our game and it was actually very early on and i used it uh, very early on in our campaign, where I actually killed, you know, the captain of your ship, along with a number of other captains uh, of of other important factions in the game, uh, and and when I did this, I I like this was happening. There there was like basically nothing you guys could do mm-hmm. to prevent this from happening. And and you're right. I I certainly stole away from from your agency here, and I definitely railroaded you guys into this. I think, but for me it was it was important because that was what was going to um it, it was what was going to kickstart you guys as being independent from him it was going to be what uh what, what basically was going to focus your attention on stopping the person who did this and and finding them and and putting an end to their to their you know nefarious work and their deeds and all of the bad things that that group was doing so it, it was almost like um i, I can't remember I, I can't think of the word in english but élément déclencheur. what is that in english
0: uh incentive uh, incident uh what's the name
1: it's like the the thing that starts a story yeah, 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 it's the yeah. thing that like uh, sparks sparks the adventure forward and i did this what it was like maybe three or four games
0: in um in incident the what in sitting incident incident incident
1: okay <laughs> so i mean here here's another example of narrative beats and using failures or setbacks or or things of that nature to propel the story forward it, yeah and, it, I, and i
0: guess oh sorry go ahead
1: no no, no go ahead I'm i was just gonna
0: say i think what we seem to be saying is that it needs to have some kind of purpose if you're gonna set it up It needs to have some kind of purpose like i'm thinking of another setback in the same campaign as my previous one that the example we said with the artifact not as intense probably but at the end i would say first like first part of the third act probably you guys one half of the crew because uh, one half of the the group because my players couldn't all make it at the same time that day so we had two separate the same day two separate games the first Group finished their session, going to like one of their um, people of interest, I guess, and told them their plans and what happened. And I knew that that was the bad guy, that was the main villain of the story. They went there and kind of gave him, gave them everything, and that's when I was like, "Well, they're capturing them, and and you guys were captured, and that's where you got the reveal of that's the person." That's mm-hmm. the person we've been fighting against. And he's done, again, a bit like the Voldemort thing. He he did a lot of exposition telling you, like, you've been a pain in my, mm, and, like, all the way you've been stopping my plans, now you're gonna pay for it. But I first, I have to do that other thing, then I'm gonna deal with you. And then my second group, one of my guys, my rogue guy came and, without knowing the first group did that, did the same thing. But this <laughs> time, this guy being alone and nimble, was able to get away and then there was this big escape that happened and again this big setback of having three of my like five character being in a prison and having the two others come back to break them out for me was one of the highlights of the campaign and it came from this and it that's an example where i didn't remove agency because you guys went to see them
1: yeah yeah for sure and and you know what chris i I really like how you said those failures, because they have purpose, are, are more, I don't want to say more acceptable, but it's as a player, like when those things happen to us, because there seems to be more behind the curtain going on, it's, it's, how do I say this? You don't, like, personally, I don't disconnect, or I feel like I don't disconnect from that as much. But when uh, I'm in, an, I'm having one of these like very, you know, in relationship to like a big plot reveal or a big narrative beat, something very small, when something very small goes wrong, mm-hmm. usually there's no purpose. It It goes wrong because it goes wrong and it just, now it's going to take you longer to kill that bad guy. Or now it's just like that thing that you thought you were going to be able to do. Now you gotta go the long way or whatever. You know, there's these all these small little uh, hindrances that just become frustrating. And when you have a lot of them stack up, it's hard to see the purpose there. And I think if I can if I can further my thesis a little bit, the one that we talked about <laughs> earlier, I'm gonna go on a limb and say it's the player's responsibility to give that more. It should be up to you as a player to try to mind those things for yourself and for the rest of the players at the table to make there be purpose in something that would otherwise have none. Um, and I don't know if, if you agree with that or
0: or if you have other thoughts. I, I uh, agree with yeah. that because I, th- I think the distinction, at least I understand from what you're saying, is the game master setting up, uh, in quotes, uh, failure or Putting something that's very, very, very difficult, let's put it that way, doesn't necessarily need to make sure it fails, but like something very, very difficult that the Game Master expects to fail, and that has a purpose, that has a purpose, that's the Game Master setting it up, it needs to have a purpose, story-wise, probably. Mm -hmm. But I think what you're saying is, if you have small failure, and let's go to the example of Ludolf before at the top of the mountain, you guys killed the beast. You guys did everything you were set out you set out to do. But one character clearly failed because he ran away. And then that player made it a personal purpose. Kind of mm. like went back to what happened and be like how can I? And I think it's a human thing to be like when you face adversity to try to give it meaning like the everything happens for a reason and all of that like we go back and We look back at past experiences that were hard and give them give that moment purpose, and I think it's the same for role playing games. And maybe you can even do it a little bit more. You can do it a little bit more purposely, like setting up your growth. Uh, And there we go back to like setting up objectives and some of the things we talked in the past on this podcast. But I totally agree with you that those small are probably more related to character growth than story um setback like you know it's a little bit different you have to make it personal
1: yeah yeah you gotta you gotta turn it onto yourself uh and and try to grow from it and it's not always easy to think of an interesting way for that failure to affect your character you know other than like some of the more canon things that people can expect like oh now I'm scared of that, and I'm trying to overcome that fear. Or oh, now I have a vendetta against those things, and I'm gonna try to kill every orc I see because I couldn't hit the orc captain or whatever. You know, you know, there's some of those like stereotypical, uh, stereotypical things that you could feed into your character as they move forward. But if you know, if you want to do that, I think you can communicate that to people. You know, if you have your end of game debrief or or you, you talk to your game master you know through a group chat or whatever, it might be an interesting thing to, to bring up. You know, oh, last game I really felt like my character was struggling a lot. I was failing a lot of my roles. I want to try to incorporate that into my character as we go forward. Bring it up. Maybe your game master is also thinking of things in their yeah. narrative component, and there's a way to meld the two uh, purposes together, if that makes sense.
0: So for sure. I, I, this, sorry, this pilgrimage we were talking about with Ludolf, the player talked to me about it, and I put it in the story and, like you said, tied into other things that were going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's a. I think that's a great advice for players to not again make it explicit. We say that often. The things that you think about, make it explicit in the game, and give a heads up to your game master is always appreciated.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I'm looking at our at, at our little you know very quick notes that we took on on for today's episode, Chris. And one thing that we have here is we talk about the effects that this disconnection would have on on you as a player and on the others and on the game master. I think we touched on it a little bit, but it you know maybe as we wrap up, do we want to kind of use that as a conclusion to to kind of close the loop here?
0: That- yeah, sure. I mean. Uh, I I wonder a little bit what maybe what's your thought on it. I think I've, I I mentioned the fact that it makes me uh, kind of also disconnect when I see one of my player disconnect. Uh, so I don't know if you have something to add maybe on this
1: for for the game master. I mean,
0: or uh, take it any way you want.
1: Okay. Okay. I'll well, follow your lead. May, maybe we don't have to wrap up. Let's just keep talking and wrap up. But yeah, so <laughs> you know, it. I think we we talked about it briefly sporadically throughout the episode, but I'm going to make it very explicit, like we like to do. When you disconnect as a player because of failure, it has a, it has a negative impact on the game. Like, I'm just going to go out and say it if I didn't already. It's a negative in- impact on the game. So I think for us to be able to overcome that, we need to understand how it negatively impacts you know, everybody at the table. You, the other players, and the game master. Uh, like Chris talked about, for himself, it affects him as a game master because it makes him, like you said, uh, want to make that person succeed more, which in turn has makes this vicious circle. For me, the, you know, that disconnection from the game makes me as a game master feel like th- they're not interested anymore, and then I I definitely feel this loss of uh, the tone in the game. I feel like the tone of the game kind of deteriorates. Uh, that's kind of when. I'm going to try to shift it to something more comedic, or shift it towards something that's going to captivate their attention again. And in doing that, you know, sometimes it's not the right time. Sometimes it's it's not appropriate for it to be comedic. So I just feel like it chugs along at this really bad pace, and it leaves me with a bad taste in my mouth. Um, so that, that's how it affects me as a game master. Maybe we can maybe we can shuffle over to how it affects you. Chris, you talk like. How does it affect you when you uh, when you fail at things in a game? Does it uh, have a negative negative impact on you as a player?
0: That's that's a good question. I'd like to say that I, I don't react that way because I've been a game master. But maybe I should ask you how I react. I don't know at, at your table if you ever saw me. Disconnect because of of a failure. I don't. I don't think I do it. I think I. I've, I'm so concentrated on story that I, even as a player, I, I really see my role as a player as like, trying to help the game master tell. Almost like looking at where they're going and trying to like assist them, which yeah, sometimes is. Sometimes if I don't agree and I'm trying to steer it in another direction, I can do that too. Um, but I don't think failure affects me in your game that much. I think it affects me more in games that feels more uh, simulation. I guess I think yours is yours game your game is very narrative, so mm-hmm. a failure is not a big deal for me. Uh, but in a, a game that's more, I guess D and D, where it feels more adversar- adversarial and then uh, you know what the thing that frustrates me that I, I feel is similar in terms of emotion is and maybe I am getting a little bit mixed up here but is almost uh it's calls from the game master that cause me to fail that I don't okay. necessarily agree with yeah, um okay so let's say I, I roll a die and I think I like I'm doing something and I'm in my head I assume the dc is 15 and I roll a 16 and the game master makes a call that I failed. I don't feel like the dice said that I should fail, but the game master made that call. Which, I mean, which one is...?
1: I mean, I think that's applicable. I'm sure there's a lot of people that might feel this way, uh, especially when you think you have a good role, you're expecting a success, and it it fails.
0: that's when I, I'm. That's when I'm disconnecting. And and to be fair, it happens in the other way. If I think I should, the DC is fifteen, and I roll a thirteen, and I still succeed, I'm still gonna be like, ugh, that's not a that's not a, a success that feels good.
1: Yeah. Because okay. I
0: still think I failed, right? My roll failed. So if yeah. it, it, there's a if there's a disconnect between what I think I sh- if I should have failed or not, and what actually happened, that's when I I have problem with and. That's where I guess we talk about trusting the game master uh-huh I don't know
1: and and their style, right if if they're mm-hmm. more um, facilitative and whatnot but yeah so that's that's good and and then I guess if we abstract that to just anybody in general, you know when you disconnect, when anybody disconnects from the game, it prevents them from. Taking advantage or 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 role playing those failures, so there are these missed opportunities, and I, I think we touched on that already. So uh, all I'm gonna you know restate here is when you have those failures, if you disconnect, it's it's a hindrance to you yourself as a player because you're not playing at your best game, you're not um, taking those failures and evolving your character with them, and you probably should be because it's it's a lot of fun for your character to have that added depth and the more you do it the more you're going to feel comfortable doing it so i would encourage you to to start trying um and and maybe it's going to feel a little bit weird to like i don't know vent to another player character about about missing all your shots on your your crossbow or whatever it it might feel a little bit uh, abnormal to you but the more you do it the more it's going to be uh it's and the more you're going to be able to reap those benefits as well.
0: Yeah, and here we're kind of, I think we're we are putting two things together that are closely related but are not equal, which is failing and disconnecting or not being engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other things that are relating to being engaged. It doesn't mean, it's not just failure. And we have a, a podcast, we have a, an episode on how to have, engaged players so it's in season one i don't remember the number but like um i would encourage you to listen to it because uh i think there's good nuggets of information on if the problem is engagement maybe failure like if you're a game master listening to this and engagement at your table is a problem maybe take a look at how your players react to failure that could be an, an issue but also there's certain things you can do which is talked about, that we talked about in, in the other, uh, podcast. So, so engagement is a whole other thing, but like this reacting to failure could, could be a a factor in it. So I think, I think we're probably ready to, to wrap this up. We've been uh, circling around the same kind of idea, but I think what I want to tell anybody and I, what I want to tell myself, like, like we say, like the goal is to get better at role playing together, we're both victims of this disconnect after certain kind of failure. Like I just said, this for me is this disconnect between what I expect and what happens in terms of failure. Um, but I think if you're a player, or even if you're a game master, knowing that failure is part of the journey, it's even part of the narrative structure of a good story, then you should welcome failure as an ally in telling a story not as an enemy in achieving your personal or like even the, the global objective of the campaign.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I can already hear people thinking about or saying or, or tweeting at me saying like, yeah, but if I want to play a really combat heavy game, that's all that matters to me. And, and you know, I, I guess at the end of the day, if you're playing a combat simulator and all you want to do is is that, you know, yes, failure arguably is bad. But I, I think what we're trying to say here is that there's there's something you can take out of it. And it's this journey that is the narration and the story that you're living through. It's, it's the character that you're embodying. You know, their, their evolution, their growth can be justified based on their failures. Uh, it's also an opportunity for you as a player to discuss those failures with other players or to discuss those players' failures with them, and kind of be gift-giving in that sense. I think if you're looking for something easy, and and I'm sure everybody has at their table, that's one of them, right? Everybody's, everybody's missed an attack roll. Everybody's seen the death of an NPC or of, of something that they thought, oh, I wish we could have spared or saved that hostage or that baby wolf cub or whatever. Like, I'm sure you can figure something out and then lean into that failure for the benefit of role.
0: Yeah, and we're talking a lot about like your character reacting to your character's failure, but like every time you see someone, like if you're the Paladin and you see the Rogue failing his stealth check and being discovered, well, you might have a, like, you might feel something about it, right? You, if (laughs) acting is reacting, you know? It's like role-playing game is reacting also to what's happening, to the the story, but also to the, your fellow players. So if they are failing, like you said, engaging them on that doesn't only mean they, the player that, for which, uh, who, which it happened to, that that there's probably a grammar problem there. The person
1: who failed, I guess. The person
0: who failed, yeah, that's better. Uh, The person who failed can react to it, but also anybody around it who might have a feeling about it. Might have an opinion about it.
1: And it can be positive, negative it can it can be supportive, you can play you know if you're trying to build up the relationship with another character in the party because they're a loner type character or there's somebody who's maybe a new a new character who joins the group, you see them miss an attack, you see them miss uh, a check, you see them do something like this, you can encourage them you can say it's okay, you're going to get the next one, or you know, I-, I believe in you cheesy like super cheese ball things, but doing that has a very positive net positive effect on the game so you should you should try it yeah so that that's that failure although it uh it feels like a hindrance we we're challenging you as players and as game masters to lean into it uh, and have some fun if you wanted to reach out to us and talk to us about uh, a fantastic failure that you had in one of your games, we'd love to hear about it. Or if you want to challenge us on our perspective, you can do so by contacting us on Twitter. That's at role underscore play underscore chat.
0: Or we have an email that's contactroleplaychat at gmail.com.
1: I think I'm all failed out, Chris.
0: <laughs> yes. And go, Game Master. Make your players fail everything. No, that's not what I'm <laughs>
1: Let's call it a chat
0: Yeah, bye (laughs) Well that's a fell close Conclusion Oh my god